who is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the keeper of creation and creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all things and all times. He always was, he always is, and he always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised, but brought healing. He was pierced, but eased pain. He was persecuted, but brought freedom. He was dead, but brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him, and the leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him, and the people couldn't help him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The New Age can't replace him, and Oprah can't explain him away. Remind yourself that he is light, love, longevity, and he is our Lord. He is our God. He is goodness. He is faithful. He is kindness, and he is God. He is holy. He is righteous, powerful, and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging, and his mind is on us. You know why? Because he is my Savior. He is my guide, and he is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord, and He rules my life. I serve Him because His bond is love. His burden is light, and His goal for me is abundant life. I follow Him because He is the wisdom of the wise, the power of the powerful, the ancient of days, the ruler of rulers, the leader of all leaders. And if that seems impressive to you, remember this too. His goal is a relationship with you. You know why? He will never leave you. He will not forsake you. He'll never mislead you, never forget you, never overlook you, and never cancel your appointment in his appointment book. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives. When I am weak, he is strong. When I am lost, he is the way. When I am afraid, he is my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, He mends me. When I am blind, He leads me. When I am hungry, He feeds me. When I face trials, He is with me. When I face persecution, He shields me. When I face problems, He comforts me. When I face loss, He provides for me. When I face death, He carries me home. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, and in every way. He is your God. He is my God. He is the Alpha and Omega. And that, my friends, is who you belong to. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. I wanted to start off today to say, today I challenge you in the holiness of God. What is the holiness of God? What does it look like? We come to church and we make messages that are applicable to us. Or what are we going to talk about? Faith or forgiveness or, you know, brokenness. But today I exalt the name of my Savior Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for the Father and of the Son. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the three in one. I'm thankful that He is eternal and everlasting. I'm thankful that today that we can brag about the holiness of our Father. Even when Jesus walked on this earth, He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh God, you are so holy. Listen, disciples. Listen, church. 
What I'm trying to teach you is that we serve a God who is holy, holy, holy. We have great privilege. We have great pleasure just to be in the house of God, to know that we serve a God who is holy, holy, holy. All praise, all glory forever and ever goes to God our Father. That is our God. So I want you to take a moment today. I want you to listen to this video, and it's a live video, something that moved me over and over. I was heading to pastor's conference in Chicago. And as I was heading up there, God said, I want you to listen to Agnes Day by Michael W. Smith. And it just moved my spirit. So I listened to it, and I listened to it, and I listened to it, and I listened to it some more. And I kept listening to it, and then I kept listening to it till two hours went by on the turnpike and I kept playing that over and over and over again. Why? Because my God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere all the time. And my God was in that car with me. That was amazing to me. And I realized at that moment, that defining moment, just how holy and righteous and amazing God is, so much so that He came from eternity, from the kingdom, from His throne, to die for mankind and our sinful humanity. And He said, I love you this much, that I'm giving my life for you. Do you understand the holiness of God? So today we're just going to sit... We're going to listen, and we're just going to reflect on how holy God is. And I love that in this setting and in this room, the Michael W. Smith, just there was an attitude of prayer. There was an attitude of calm, an attitude of still. He said, be still and know that I am God. See, isn't it amazing how we say it? We say it in such a reverent way. Because in the busyness of our life, We have to be still. We have to stop. What are we doing right now? You've stopped. Just to reflect on the holiness of God. And if in your life you have a void, fill it with His joy. You heard it in that phrase, just be still. And so in this room today, we acknowledge the holiness of God. And at New Hope at 226 Southeast Avenue, We acknowledge the holiness of God. Let's just stop, remember, and reflect.
lot of years. And in serving the Lord for a lot of years, I didn't realize just the holiness of God. So I decided several years back that I would go through a series of messages called Experiencing God and and Experiencing Him on a Personal Level. I'm a little boy, and and in my my narrative of my life, you go to church and you hear the stories, but you don't understand just the power of the Holy Spirit, and you don't understand really the holiness of God unless you start to experience it through those that are in leadership over you, through your parents, through teachers. You don't understand truly the love of God and how that plays out in our daily walk. Either Agnes Day can just become a song to you or it can become a message. It can become a song of worship or it can become just another song that you hear. And so today I'd like to to read to you just why I believe that God is holy. And in this series over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about the nature of God. And how does that apply to us? But if you would, please take in your Bible, and I didn't give this to you. Jane, it's okay. I want to read Isaiah chapter 6 to kick off. So if you have your Bible, if you would, please turn to Isaiah chapter 6. I like what it says here in the New Living Translation. I'll be reading from this. It says, It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord who was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of His robe filled the temple. Attending Him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And here's what they were doing. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. And I said, It's all over. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips and it said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger of this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. And he said, yes, go and say to this people, listen carefully, but do not understand, watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their ears. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Then in verse 11, Then I said, Lord, how long will this go on? And he replied, Until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is wasteland. Until the Lord has sent everyone away and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth 
A remnant survived. It will be invaded again and burned. But as a terebinthal oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. And I bring your attention back to where it says in verse 3, They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Let us pray. Father, we thank You that today we come before You, Lord, realizing in our inadequacies, Father, You make us adequate. And Lord, in our sinful state, You perfect us. So, Father, as we come before You, we, we cry out and understand that You are holy. And Father, today I stand up here humbled to, to brag of an everlasting God. The one who is and is to come. So, Father, today, help us to search our hearts, our lives, and our minds. And help us, Lord, to understand that You are holy. And in our sinful state, Lord, that we can cry out to You, can change us. Let the world see, as the seraphim and cherubim, as the angels of our heaven's hosts, cry out, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. And so, Father, today, we cry out to You, as a congregation, as a church, as Your bride, acknowledging that You are holy. So, God, we give You today. Hide me behind the cross. Speak through me today. Let me say what needs to be said. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Oh God, help me to brag on you today. In your holy name I pray. And all God's people said, If you want to know or learn more about God, one of the most important things you need to learn about Him is that what? That He is holy. His holiness is probably one of the most prominent attributes that is talked about in Scripture. The word holy is mentioned, listen to this, over 600 times in the Bible. It is called holy in the Bible in a general sense. The word is used at times as a synonym for His deity and sometimes for His glory. That is the word that holy calls attention to all that God is. Some say that holiness is the attribute of God. But in Isaiah 57, 15, it says, For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place. See, God's name is holy. I believe the idea is that everything about Him is holy. This means His justice is holy. His love is holy. His mercy and His grace is holy. This means that His hatred and His wrath is holy. And everything about God is holy. holy. Also, The holiness of God is the only attribute of God that is raised to the third degree in Scripture. The Bible said that God is holy, holy, holy. Not that He is merely holy or even holy, holy. You're going to like this one. But that He is 
holy, holy. The Bible never says that God is love, 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 or that He is mercy, 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 or wrath, 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 or justice, justice, justice. It does say in the Bible that He is holy, holy, holy. And the whole earth is full of His glory. This is done in two places in Scriptures. And in, in Isaiah 6, which you heard me read. And also in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, in Revelation 4, verse 8, are full of eyes around within them in the day and night. They do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. This being that are, this beings that are closest to the very presence of God cannot stop proclaiming the absolute holiness of God. So today we're going to do this quickly, I think. So this begins the question, what is holy? What is holy? What is holy? First it means that God is distinct. He is separate. God is distinct. He is separate. The primary meaning of the Hebrew word for holy is separate. Now think about it. It comes from an ancient word that meant to cut or to separate. Perhaps even more accurate would be the phrase, a cut above something. When we find a garment or another piece of merchandise that is outstanding, that has a superior excellence, we use that expression that is, a cut above the rest. That is what God is. But more so, as R.C. Sproul put it, He is an infinite cut above everything else. This is what it is meant when people refer to God as being transcendent. He is beyond ordinary limits. He surpasses and exceeds everything we know and are accustomed to. He has no rivals or competition. He is not ordinary. Would you agree with me? He is not normal and He is not casual. If someone came up to you and asked ask you this important question, what is God like? There is nothing you can point to on this earth to say He is like this or He is like that. He is so far above and beyond us that He seems almost totally foreign to us. Saying that He is so far beyond what we could even imagine would still be underestimating His holiness. It is pretty much impossible for mortal men like us to adequately describe it. I like what it says in 1 Samuel 2, 2. It says, There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one beside thee, nor is there any rock like our God. Unfortunately, men like to bring God down to our level. When people say that God is their buddy or homeboy, or the man upstairs, they're talking about God as though he's one of us. And he is not. Like he's just a common, ordinary individual. Whenever we think of God's attributes, it may be easy for us to think God's anger and love is like ours, but it is not. All of his attributes are out of, out, are cut above ours. He is not like us. And if we make him like us, we are making him an idol. Last couple of weeks I've been teaching during discipleship class. I'm the discipleship children's pastor at this moment. 
having a good time with the kids. I have an assistant, Mr. Ryan. That's his name. So we came in today and I gave all the kids different pieces of construction paper. Wanted to do something visual. And I gave them different types. I gave them foam paper. I gave them copy paper. I gave them construction paper. I said, what's different here? Some of the kids said, this is all just something that's different. One's harder, smooth. And then Mr. Ryan smelt one of them. So Josh followed in the footsteps and says, it smells different. He fell right into that trap. If the leader's going to do it, I'm going to do it, right? So I said, I figured I'd just add to it. So what's it taste like? Just kidding. They're like, just like even kids didn't bust off of that one. But I said to the children, I said, listen, here's what, what's going on here. They're all different, but much the same. They're all paper. However, have you heard the phrase that we're a cut above? You're like, no. And Mr. Ryan said, it's kind of like steak. When you have a good steak, you're always like, wow, this is a cut above the rest. And so when we look at steak or we look at our lives, we should look at our lives to say, yes, we're a cut above. So I told the kids, I said, now I want you to take this paper and I want you to cut in the corner. What was interesting is that I didn't even realize this, but in, in class this morning it was cool because there was some fancy scissors in that children's classroom. They all have these little edges and they're sculpted and all kinds of stuff. And, and the kids were like, well, we don't want just regular scissors. We want the, the cool scissors. So I gave everybody the cool scissors and I said, thank you, Lord, because this just enhanced where I was going with this lesson today. And so they cut it out. It was all pretty and fancy. And they cut the corner out. And I spoke about David and Samuel, chapter 24, where he cut the hem of the garment of King Saul. And he understood Saul's anointing. He understood who he was. So I was teaching the kids, see, they were friends. David was an armor bearer of King Saul. So as I, as I was teaching them, I said, but what David did, even though he was in the back part of that cave, and King Saul was in the front part, he fell asleep, David crawled up there and just cut a little bit of that out. I said, do you know what a robe is? They looked at me kind of funny. I said, a king wears a robe. And they said, you mean a cape? See, that's, I guess, superhuman heroes today are capes, right? Not kings. And I said, yes. And so they took just a little bit of that. Now, I want you to hold up your little piece from the corner of your paper. If this is God on the bigger piece, we were crafted and made in His image. This small piece represents you and I. We're all different. What does your mommy and daddy do? How do they live their life? Where do, they, where do they work? And the kids went around the classroom and, you know, called out what they did and all the different types of careers and so forth. I, I always love this. Do you want to know what my mom does? I said, yeah. Mom is a stay-at-home mom. She takes care of us. And I looked at him and I went like, wow, that's a job. I'm glad I'm going to work all these years. We had our grandbaby. I'm glad I work these days. <laughs> and uh, So we held it up and I said, but what we have in common is we try to achieve, if this is God and this is us, we try to achieve to be more holy like He is. You see, when you stop and realize that God is a cut above, He isn't just the man upstairs. He isn't just JC in the room. He isn't just, as some people say, GD. We need to reference Him as holy. 
We need to be careful how we refer to Him. For He is holy. Number two, secondly, to be holy is to be morally pure. To be holy is to be morally pure. The term that a lot of people use to define that it means to be holy is purity. The word holy and pure are not synonyms, but the idea of moral purity is included in definition of being holy. The idea of purity is used in referring to moral, that is, no other type of material. This is also the case when we refer to morality. God is morally pure and that there is not any hint of the unholy in Him. There is nothing common about Him. There is no sin in God. He is perfect. Can you understand that, church? He's perfect. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Not even a hint of it. So the third aspect of what it means to be holy, God is not neutral towards sin. Now I think I'm going to bring this back down to where we can maybe make it applicable to us. But holy means that God is not neutral towards the unholy. This is why it is so idolatrous to look at God like an old grandfather type. A figure that overlooks our faults and spoils us and will let everyone into heaven. If this is how God is, then He would not be holy. To believe such a thing about God would be compromising His holiness. Because God is holy. He is not neutral towards sin. He hates it. And He hates those that are living in it. His wrath and hatred towards sin is present because why? He's holy. Think about this. Nadab and Abihu, Abihu, whatever, however you pronounce their names, in Leviticus chapter 10, these two sons of Aaron failed to offer to God the kind of fire he desired, and God consumed them with fire. They lost their lives because they failed to regard God as holy. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be, I will be sanctified, but before all the people, I will be glorified. See, these were priests. Those who had the privilege of serving in the tabernacle. And if anybody knew better, it was them. If we want to be near to God, as we should, we must regard God as holy and live our lives like it. Do you hear me? And live our lives like it. Use it in the holiness of God in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1-11. through 11. David was transporting the Ark of the Covenant. Now listen to this. Into the city of Jerusalem. But there was a problem in how he was doing it. The law prescribed that a certain group of Levites carry the Ark. But David and the people disregarded this and put it on the ox cart. The oxen end up stumbling and thinking the Ark may fail or fall off the cart. Uzzah put out his hand to stabilize the Ark and God struck him dead for it. Even though his motive was probably very sincere... And not wanting the ark to fall off the cart and hit the ground, he made an error in thinking that his hand was more holy than the ground it would have crashed into. Not almost to touch the ark, even the priests did not touch it. They carried it with poles that were put through rings on the ark. Why? Because God is holy. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7-9 through 9, that 
God must punish the ungodly. God will punish all those who live in sin and are unwilling to follow Christ, even those who claim to be Christians. Now this is in my words, it's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 30. If we desire to be in fellowship with this holy God, we need to understand His holiness and how it should affect every part of our lives, our physical and our spiritual lives depend on it. God is not someone that we should take lightly in our thoughts or maybe even our words or actions. For He is holy. The scariest verse about holiness, especially for those who do not know the Lord, is in Hebrews twelve fourteen. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord unless they are holy. God's holiness is the standard that we are to aim for and pursue. Jesus says to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Peter said to be holy as God is holy. Are you with me today, church? So listen, the first thought that comes to our mind is that this is not possible. It may be true that we will not be perfect in every way like God in this life, but holy as He is holy. We have a terrible obstacle that gets in the way of each and every one of our lives. And this obstacle is called two words. Our sin. Our sinful state. Listen. Sin makes us common. Profane. Unclean. Sin is repulsive to a holy God. We deserve the same fate as Nadab and Abihu and Uzzah and many others because of our unholy conduct against God. We deserve to be killed every time we sin and to be thrown into the lake of fire. No one in this sanctuary is holy enough on their own to get to heaven. Pastor, that's rough. But thank the Lord that He not only has a holy anger but a holy love. He from before the foundation of time chose a people that He wanted to make His own holy and blameless people that He could have fellowship with Him. He also chose how He would make these people holy. And you know how He did it? By the cross. The cross of Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 through 23. Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 and 23 it says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, Christ died for the purpose of us being holy before God. In this life, and to be presented to Him at the end of this life in the same exact way. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. It says, and you'll love this because I teach this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself to her. That He might sanctify her and have Him cleansed her by the washing of water with the Lord so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy without blemish. And the words holy and sanctify are used interchangeably in this text. They mean pretty much the same thing. Jesus made it possible that we could be separated from the world and be His own people through the cross. 
and how can we become holy and cleansed? This passage says that it is by the washing of water, by the word. This is clearly a reference to baptism and the pure word of God that we must have faith in and obey. So in closing, responding to the holiness of God, we need to respond to His holiness the way men in Scripture did when they saw a vision of God in His glory. Isaiah 6, you heard me read it. We must be humble before God and honest about our condition. This is what happened to Isaiah. When he saw God in this vision, he proclaimed a curse on himself. Because why? Because of his sin. When we stand before the glory and holiness of God, everything about us in our condition is laid bare before Him. Every imperfection is seen. If you and I saw a vision of God like these men did, we all would respond in the same way. We need to, by faith, see what these men saw and be changed just as they were. We must see our sin as we compare ourselves to Him and to Christ in Scripture. We must be open and willing to seeing our sin as we spend time in the Bible. And along with seeing our sin comes repenting of those things and growing in holiness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So I'm going to say this quickly. How do we perfect holiness? Me and Pastor, you hit us with a lot. Well, I'll be holy for He is holy. That's difficult. You said holiness means separation? I'm to be separated? That's crazy. Separated from what? Separated from, from being like this world, but walking in Him. Yes, separation. That means get away from those hurts, habits, and hang-ups in your life. So how do we perfect holiness? Here are three ways. I'm going to say this in the next three minutes. By walking in the light. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7-10, through 10, if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful just to forgive us our sins and to do what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number two, read the Word and obey it. Read the Word and obey it. What if Isaiah should be willing to serve? What's it say in the Word? I say in Isaiah 6, Here I am, Lord. Send me. What was it? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. You know, one time I took that and said, Here I am, Lord. Use me. Wow. Send means surrender. I let go. I relinquish. But use means I'm plugged into Him. Use me. Can't use a, an appliance at home if what? It's not plugged in. We got to be plugged in. We as I sh- Isaiah should be willing to serve. When we understand the holiness of God, we will see the need to work. We will push ourselves to make sure people are ready to meet 
his holy God in judgment. And then third, confessing and repenting of sin brings cleansing. I love to be cleansed. I love the, the part of confessing and saying, God, here I am, I've done wrong. And it's said like you heard me read it already. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we do this, we receive a constant cleansing of Christ's blood to keep us pure and holy before our God. We must remember that God is holy. And He calls us. Listen, I'm wrapping it up. He calls us to a high standard. To a high standard that we must desire and keep pressing toward Him. Keep pressing forward. We as God's people need to be reflecting the holiness of God in our lives by growing what? In our purity. It's showing that we are different from this world and belong to God and by obeying the Word of God so we can in our lives bring glory to Him. Let the holiness of God radically change your life. Lord started convicting me last Friday. Saturday came around and He was convicting me of something. I kept resisting it. Because see, in my sinful state, my unholiness, I was like, oh, what do you really want me to do here? I knew where he was leading in this series of messages. Hey, you ought to try to be up here. You have to be transparent and vulnerable in front of a bunch of people because that's what God does. He tries us. And so we were like playing tug of war. I think I can. I know I can't. I think I can. I know I can't. Oh, I think I, I can't, but I can't. It, it was a struggle between the Lord and I. So I made a commitment last Sunday night during worship time. I said, God, here I am. Use me. Lord, I, I, I took your call back when I was a young man, but Lord, I want to be used, not just sent. Then I have a problem, and I'm confessing my sin before you, Lord, because in my unholiness, I want to be more holy. And I get up every morning, and I grab my cell phone off the charger, and I grab my cup of coffee, and I go sit in my chair. And I tell myself all the time, I'm going to... Read, I'm going to have my devotion. How sweet is that? Hi, welcome to the Abide app. And in this Abide app, you know, it challenges us. And I give myself the pat on the back. And I say, oh, look at you. You're holy today. You listen to your little Bible app. And God said, no, you're not holy. Todd, when was the last time you got into the Word? When was the last time you were challenged? When was the last? No, other than studying, preacher, when was the last time that you got into the Word and really took it and made it applied it to your life? Man, those are the hard conversations, aren't they? So God said, here's what I want you to do. You're going to fast for the next five days. You're going to leave your phone in your bedroom and you're going to go downstairs and you're going to spend some time with me. Oh, but I always spend time with you, Lord. No, you don't, because every time you try to get on your app, you're on Facebook, you're looking at Marketplace, you're looking at stuff you're never going to buy. You don't even want more junk in your house. And if you bring that junk in your house, your wife's going to kill you because you're a hoarder. <laughs> Everybody's junk is my treasure. And I love Marketplace. <laughs> so I find myself distracted. And where does two hours go by? Because I like looking at political stuff. 
and I don't stop to just realize that God is holy and I need to focus on Him? Man alive. Wow. So first, day number one, I do it. I grab my cup of coffee and I have this book that Brother Larry gave me to pray like Jesus. I've loved that book, brother. Thank you for giving that to me. And I knew when you gave that to me, I went, oh, he's doing it again. There's the Lord convicting me. So I said, what a great book because I love prayer time. I love that intimacy with the Lord. And so as I've been reading that book, my first day, ready? If you've never had a fast from your cell phone and the internet, try it. It'll kill you. Oh, just kidding. I did wait. I, I rose from the grave like your sir. When he called my name, I rose that. No, really. Day number one, I, I bet you I, I went to reach for my phone. No exaggeration. In that hour and a half time, I reached for my phone, I know, 15 times. Isn't that crazy? That's unbelievable. So I said to God in my prayer, this is what I said to him. Lord, let this cup of self-centeredness, of pride, of idol, of... Lord, I've been distracted. I can't believe I've done this. Forgive me. And I've loved that quality time. I've loved that intimate time of no longer doing this. By the way, and I'm having like carpal tunnel problems. I think it's because of all this stuff. Get behind me, Satan. But I was thankful that by the end of the week, I didn't reach for my phone. I didn't have to look for my phone. And church, I'm here to tell you, here's where we make it relevant for His holiness. The internet has a, a bunch of unholy things on it. And it filtrates our mind. And it causes us to be something. But, it, but the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, 1 and 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That which that good, perfect, acceptable will of God. Get rid of it. Get rid of the internet. Take some time. Spend time with God. I'm living proof. Yeah, I was tortured. But I made it. But I had a better relationship with God because of the time that I set aside for Him. So church, when was the last time you set time aside for Him? What is the nature of God? For He is holy. And I realized that in my sinful state, that I didn't acknowledge the holiness of God. So I had to go to Him and ask for forgiveness. And I'm asking you to do the same thing. But at the foot of the cross, and in the power of His love, He accepts me. That's what I love. Yes, in two weeks I'll be talking about part two, the wrath of God. The wrath of the living God. The church, He says, my grace is all sufficient for you. Start over. Start over. Start over. I did. And I realized I was an addict. And it brought some things to my mind. I lived on my phone, and I'm distracted by that phone. So what are you going to do this week? How are you going to sacrifice your time? How are you going to be called out and separated? So my prayer this week for this church has been this. God, I don't know who's coming, but I know you have this message for somebody. 
Maybe it's for everybody. But, but God, help us that in our unholiness, help us to be more holy, to be still. And that's what my mornings have been like. It's been kind of cool. Just still. But I got so wrapped up in reading and scripture that it's been real good. And it's awesome. There's a great reward on, reward on the other side. Yeah, I went through some withdrawals on Monday, but I made it. Church, I'm here to tell you there's hope for you. When you feel like we serve a God that doesn't understand, listen, that's because you're serving God in your natural and not the supernatural. Call out to Him today. Call out to Him today. Surrender to Him today. You know what He said? Here am I, Lord. Send me. I'm thankful for a holy God. Let's rise to our feet. Whatever you're going through, wherever you're at, I want you to know that you can come to Jesus. And I hope that today, that you can feel the presence and the power of God in your life. If you've just living, been living a mediocre life not understanding the holiness of God, I want you to be a church that understands that He is holy, holy, holy. He is Lord God Almighty. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you that, Lord, in our inadequacies and in our sinful state, Lord, you can change us. Lord, you're speaking to the hearts and souls of so many in this room that have maybe made their focus in the wrong area. Lord, challenge us, encourage us to be, to be more like you. Help us to be more Christ-like. Lord, thank you. And even in, the, in this message today, Father, you taught me if it was said 600 times in your word, Lord, we acknowledge at this church and in this sanctuary that you are holy. 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 Thank you, Father God. Thank you that, Lord, you're with us. You're for us. You've separated us. You've called us by name. You know our hearts. Thank you for going to the cross for us, dying for the sins of this world. So thank you, Father, that you've demonstrated your love for us. Father, there's some in this room that, Lord, need delivered. They need freed. Lord, they've been in bondage. And they don't understand, Lord, just how holy you are but yet how loving you are and how righteous and merciful you are that God change our hearts and our lives and every head bowed and every eye closed if there's some in this room that that Lord they could become real with you that maybe they would become honest say Lord I need to let go I need to let God I need to acknowledge His holiness. If you're in this room, can I pray with you? Just slip your hand up. There's some in this room. Amen. 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 In this song, it says the power of His love. He loves you. I want to pray over you. Father, we just thank you that, Lord, you brought us to this appointed place at this appointed time. Lord, we thank you for for your deliverance in our life. And for those that raised their hand this morning, Father, deliver them in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to keep our focus on you and our face turned towards you, not away from you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your sanctification. 
Thank you for your love. And Father, we pray that today that you will just bless those that have cried out to you, Lord, that need deliverance. Lord, thank you that we can come to you because of your power and your love. Lord, speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.